They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. Hey, how are you doing? I'm all right, David Hellard. How are you? I am. I'm very good, thank you, Jerry Rainsford. Very, very good. Uh, injury. Actually, no, I'm not injury free, but I'm still kind of relatively free. Loving the beginning of spring, and as we all know, April, May, the best two months of the year, easily. Are so, they? Uh, why, why, sorry, why, why are they the best two months of the year? First, April twenty seventh, birthday of this guy. Boom, boom, boom. Then also... Are you that much older than me? Yeah. God, is it almost are, a, yeah. aren't you? It always shocks me. Well, surely with every statement of wisdom that you hear from my lips, that, that just reinforces the age and the wisdom, you know, how I've managed to come by that extra time. Talking about wisdom, what I do love is I love um, how often the cycle of... Um, uh, Catherine Ryan comes round on uh, on Facebook because um, you know <laughs> as you people come into the group, of course, people forget that you know that these things have already been talked about, and it literally it's almost like a, it's probably more about an eight or a nine month cycle that um, that all of the uh, Catherine Ryan stuff about her hating marathon runners uh, comes back round again, and it, it just makes me chuckle. I think she's constantly on all TV channels at all times. <laughs> she is. She is on all TV. There's like, there's like two or three, two or three people who must have the best agents. It's like, yeah. what is it? Her, Lily James. And Jimmy Carr. J- I mean, Jimmy Carr, I think Jimmy Carr's just cheap. Who's Lily James? Lily James. I think, uh, have I got her name right? Let me just check. I'm going to quickly Google. Um, she's the actress, British actress. Um, yeah. Who? Um, I don't think I've ever seen her before. Have you not? Oh, she's in, she's in quite some Disney stuff as well. She's like Cinderella and um, uh, a bunch of other things. She's just you. She's in, uh, she is she plays like quintessential British female. She's in Mamma Mia. What's it called? Mamma Mia sequel. Ah, uh, okay. So she's the new um... Kira. She's the new Kira, basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she's basically she's in everything, and Lib- Libby's constantly bemoaning the fact that she she thinks she's a terrible actress. I think she's she's like a one trick pony, but she she does it very well, like you know English Bell type thing. So um, so yeah. So her and also um, oh I can't remember anyone's name. Um, <laughs> You're as old as me in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> why can't i remember it? the thing is you know we like people are just around all the time and then yeah. essentially you just start forgetting the name and you just go oh what's his name and what's i've just turned into my dad also it, it's almost as if the these people's names are like google they're just going to come s- synonymous with all actresses you won't say an actor anymore you'll just say uh you say ryan Catherine ryan you're like oh yeah that's all actresses now because um it's just a synonymous name's taken over claudia winkleman so, Claudia, Claudia Winkleman. Winkleman. Claudia Winkleman was there. She's just, she, she presents everything. 
Wow. Not only that, she's in every advert as well. So you get no respite. Back to back Claudia. Talking about her hair or whatever it may be. But, yeah, there, um, there, was a ti- there was a time, remember, if you, uh, it's like something like the millionth year anniversary since this life um, was first broadcast. Did you ever used to watch that? Oh, of course I did. Yeah, and it. of course Egg. You know, and Egg, Egg is, it, there was a period of time where Andrew Lincoln um, was, was basically narrating uh, or voiceovering every single advert. Do you remember that? He literally yeah, just, yeah. he must have made millions well, he's probably doing it in America now on the Grateful, <laughs> the grateful Dead, Living Dead. Walking Dead. <laughs> Walking Dead. <laughs> well, welcome to the international podcast, Dean Banners. Uh... I love the fact that he, he's in some Grateful Dead tribute because there's some hor- <laughs> horrific, horrific mistake that's been made. <laughs> is there a Walking Dead Grateful Dead tribute because I mean those guys were touring long enough that would be incredible <laughs> oh we've got we've got Andrew Lincoln mixed up with Jerry Garcia uh, <laughs> it was like that episode of the A-Team if you ever watched that where they had a there was a western bar and a uh, country and western singer called George Boy was supposed to turn up and instead Boy George turned up and did, did you ever did you ever see that? I remember him being in an episode, but it's been so long since I've seen him. I can't actually remember any of the details of it. That's all I can remember about it. I was I don't really know how they sort of shoehorned him into that. But in yeah. fact, this 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 is a great link to something else. So so, so apologies if you're if you've tuned in to to hear some quality conversations about running that may happen later on this episode I say <laughs> some may. quality conversation about running literally this is the wrong podcast <laughs> to, to do that there are lots of other suggestions go into itunes look below there's loads of other suggestions yeah if you're looking for the path to of, of running that, it, that the people run down we are the people having a shit in the woods halfway <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no 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 there's two paths there's a footpath and there's a bridleway. And you're thinking, oh, I can just run on the footpath like any normal person. But you think, mm, that bridleway looks like it'd be a more interesting route. And then you literally get round the corner and you're so caked in mud, knee deep in it. But you can't go back now because you've already committed. And you're just like, oh, I'm just going to push through this. I'm going to push through this, push through this. But the fact is, it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. You don't like it. But somehow you love that bridal way now because you've just been on it so long. You've committed to it and you've invested in it and there's nothing better that you could do. And so when you go and see other people, you say, yeah, yeah, go on the bridal way. Go on the bridal path instead of the footpath. And I, oh, I think the footpath looks much more, no, 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 go on the bridal path because you want everyone else to suffer like you did. And they become invested as well. And it's sort of, it's like that. Exactly. Perfect, perfect explanation. Um, but segging from Boy George into <laughs> one of into one of our favourite topics, I it's, it's not often that we get um, I guess trashy American TV on the BBC, but the, the new Celebrity Apprentice oh. is on the BBC iPlayer. Not only does it feature Boy George, who is looking actually incredibly young and um very not on drugs for someone who uh was a lot of drugs <laughs> but not only that what do you think the new catchphrase of the new presenter is? not the presenter the new donald trump equivalent is 
Yeah, but isn't it... Wait a minute. Isn't it Arnie? At the end of the episode, he says, Do not get in the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Arnie is the new Trump on The Apprentice. He's done it before, How cool though. is that? He's done it before, though. Has he? Yeah, yeah, he took over. He took over for a while. Um, Did he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I thought remember, this was breaking news. No, remember, I don't, well, I don't, is this is this a recent one? Unless it's a repeat, but he basically he had a spat, didn't he, with um, Trump about it? Because Trump was saying, "Oh yeah, when he left, all the ratings went, and Arnie's ratings were terrible, and and stuff like that." And they had like a a thing going between them. Oh, I've missed out on all this joy. I honestly thought that this is the first time they've actually done it with Arnie I'm sure and that, I was I, I'm, sure, I'm sure I've heard that that was the phrase though that is brilliant <laughs> do not get to the chopper and, and he does the <laughs> you're dominated <laughs> just amazing and that's the thing it makes you want to lose because I would love to receive those words from Arnie be a dream come true would you have felt better being kicked off um, Special Forces Hell Week with words like that rather than you're a virus <laughs> you're a virus <laughs> <laughs> you are you're a virus. You are you are a tumor. <laughs> Give me a tiny press up your lad. We're almost going into a little bit of Sylvester Stallone there as well. But um, yeah, I would have been delighted for the thing is as well. If someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger says you're not good enough for press ups, you're like, yeah, you've got a point. You yeah, could probably absolutely. <laughs> yeah all day long. But um, but anyway, how uh, outside of the world of, of television, how how has the running been? The running's been good. I have a plan. I've stuck to it. Um, and I did my first park run for absolutely ages. Ooh, was this PB or DNF attempt? Uh, I thought it was going to be a PW, and it wasn't. Um, but it was it, it, it wasn't great news. Um, but I am I am still early on in the journey. So um, you did it flat out. I <laughs> I uh, I started doing it flat out, and yeah. then I realised that I got the uh, the amount of laps wrong. <laughs> I thought it was three and a half laps. I thought. Yeah, I'm going really well. Like the word, like she was standing there. I'm like, I might, I, I might go like sub twenty two on this. This is incredible. You know, I just, I can't believe I'm like I'm going this this quickly. And I remembered it. Yeah, it was four and a half laps, not three and a half. I'm like, oh, this is a disaster. <laughs> and you paced it wrong as well. Were you running too, too intensely? I don't know. I um I I wasn't really pacing it properly at all. I was just. I, I really struggle to um, to know what the right pace is on that at, at the Clare Park one um, because it's just so hilly, uh, and I just felt so heavy as well. That's the that's the other thing. It's just yeah, and it, the other thing was it was um, it, it's such a it's such a small park, uh, yeah. and it's so muddy, um, and the, yeah. the paths are, are really narrow, and so right at the start. You're, if you're not right at the front, um, you're, you're kind of walking for like a hundred meters or something. It's oh, kind of annoying, yeah, it? yeah, it is yeah. a bit annoying. Um, but not that that would have made much difference or anything. Um, 
uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the greatest performance of all time. But I, I was I was happy with it. I um, I've done what uh, three and a bit weeks of training now, and uh, according to the program, and I'm feeling pretty strong. Um, I am getting faster. I know I am. Um, even though we haven't actually brought speed work into it, but I, I can feel that I'm getting faster, um, and it's hurting less when you know when, like, when you start running. Yeah, when you get back into running. You start off every run and it feels as though you've never run before in your life. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Both in your legs and kind of in your chest and everything. Um, and that's kind, of, that's kind of going now. So, you know, when you kind of get back into it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, this, it, it, it's kind of proving what an incredibly difficult task this is going to be. I've got a lot. <laughs> I've got something like eight minutes off my 5K time in the next Ooh. nine months. So, that you're Cam Crichton, he listens to the podcast. So, I think it's time for you to update your coach on your first time checking. Yeah, so uh, it was twenty-seven fifty-five. Oh, twenty-seven fifty-five. So you, so it is exactly eight minutes you need to lose. So, I, but I think, I think, um, a, a minute, minute a month. I think a minute of that, I could, I could take off if I was at a park run. Uh, that wasn't as crowded i think yeah plus plus other bits of plus me actually realizing that uh, what the proper <laughs> the proper lappage is as it were as well uh well you know the, the do batter and you should have just started at the front and uh and then <laughs> acted really, surprised when you weren't running as quickly as as they were it's really it's really uh it's really funny actually because you know we keep talking about you know, how inclusive it is and stuff there it yeah it is a weirdly like everyone of the same size and shape uh there I, I wouldn't say that there's a lot of people who were like massively massively overweight so i think you get a much bigger range of people uh at other park runs it just uh, yeah it really depends on which one doesn't it yeah because i think it is claire park is a hard one because it because it is so hilly um especially over over that period of time um good thing to know that all the all the usual people come out to try and obstruct the paths um from when i last did it um still trying to ruin it for everyone um but yeah it was it was it was it was good to actually get a time on it although you know it, it i felt i felt pretty pretty good about it um because it i thought it was going to be a personal worse i knew it was be worse than that um but i think you know i'm going to do it once a month for the next <clears throat> three or four months and then go and try and smash it each week i think so we're going to have a monthly update, are we? You're going to have, you're going to, yeah, you're going to have more than that if you want. Oh, but on the t- as a five k time trial, I, I like this. Oh yeah, a... okay, yeah, 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 that's good. I might, what I might do is I might um, carry on at Clare Park for a while, and then um, as the as the days get a little bit lighter, switch to um, a slightly flatter five uh, k. Like the the one I used to do at Preston Park in Brighton was was much much better it does have a little bit of a climb in it but that's where i recorded my my pb before so uh and it's got nice long stretches on it and yeah there's no chance of you tripping up because the council haven't bothered fixing the uh, the pathways or anything but the um i mean do bad is we want you at home if you're someone who currently is running around a 2755 park run this is your chance to see if you can out-train Jody. 
<laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's it. It's a massive range, isn't it, from what I used to I used to be able to run to this. Um, yeah, it's huge. Uh, but I think I I think I I think you just I do that thing where you knock quite a lot of time off it as you're getting back into it, and then it just it has that. It's like that. I don't know what, what the name of the curve is that you have. <laughs> it just tapers curve? off, doesn't that, it? That, yeah, that yeah. that. Oh, well, actually, it's probably true as a bell curve where it then starts getting slower <laughs> and slower and then you return back to where you were before all the training. Yeah, yeah mine's, <laughs> mine's, kind, mine's kind of a, uh, like an ECG at the moment, depending on, <laughs> depending on what, I'm, what I'm running for or anything. But So what I was thinking of doing this, I was thinking actually, if, if you are, uh, because I'm, I'm combining this with a, uh, with a diet as well, which... I, after the nutritionist thing, so this annoyed me. So after that nutritionist thing, um, mm. where I think she's like massively misinformed me about stuff, uh, I've decided to <laughs> I decided to invent my own diet based on what I think I need uh, and what I know works. Uh, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna try that for for four weeks and see because uh, if I, I, I th- a lot of this is going to come through knocking a lot of weight off as well. Uh, in fact, most of it's going to come through through knocking the weight off, um, and so yeah. So if I, I was wondering whether whether it would be interesting enough to follow in a group or at least make, uh, have a subgroup. So if you want to follow along with it and do it as well, and you're doing five k's and you're trying to improve your five k time, we can all we can all do it together. It'll be cool, like the Jody Get Sexy Again group or something like that. What is group going to be? So I say again, that was a massive. That sounded like it was a massive pause as you were absolutely frightened by that prospect. <laughs> then there was a. What, what what is the image of that group going to be? What's the image of that group? Yeah, uh, it's going to be a pork pie rolling down a hill. <laughs> and when you say pork, pork pie, pie. <laughs> it's not not our friend pork pie rolling down the hill. <laughs> No, 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 not, not actual, no, not that pork pie. Not a real pork pie, a fake pork <laughs> not pie. Not pork pie from the TV show Desmond's rolling down a hill. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I don't know if he once. has ever I rolled down a hill. Once. Was he mid-roll? He wasn't in mid-roll, no, but he was exactly as he is in the uh, programme. <laughs> I did used to enjoy that programme, actually. Uh, I used to, but, um, I don't remember anything about it. I no, think, I just remembered they were always like whining. I like, I like the way they talked to each other. I think that was it. The way that they were really aggressive with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, exciting. What about, you? What, so, about you? what about you? You said that you you were hinting at injury. Uh, no, no. Well, I've I've, had, I've got this problem in my foot that doesn't seem to go away. But I've got a question actually. Say, oh, which kind of ties into an article as well. This is a is this by, a question um, to ponder philosophically, or is this a question that you expect me to answer? So I need to know whether to get Google up at this point. A little bit. No, just just from your own your own resources, I'd okay. say. Um, so I was going for a run down in Vicky Park. I've just moved off this. So I'm now East London during the day a few times a week. Yep. And um, I was doing my tempo run where. I don't want to stop no matter what for coming how many miles, three, four miles, five miles. And a dog ran up to me really this little dog, but I'm a, a bulldog. So I guess I count that as little in terms of stature, but actually quite but stocky, a killer. powerful, but a killer. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Oh yeah. He had, he had Especially with your design. frame. 
<laughs> That's Jake. <laughs> Just straight through me in one bite. <laughs> but he came up to me um, really uh, barking quite aggressively. Was the owner shouting, extent- oh, he's really friendly. Oh, he's really, oh, he loves people. He's really friendly. Because that's normally what accompanies a, an attack. No, the, I mean, the owner was was concerned, acting concerned. So I kind of stopped and the dog kind of stopped there. And I thought, oh, damn it, I'm on a tempo run. So I started running again and he started coming after me again. And I've, I've had a few times now where dogs have actually jumped on my leg. Um, they've not they've not bitten me but the, the worry the is he, this dog hadn't at this stage but i've had previous dogs where they've run up to me and actually jumped up to play and then caught my leg and the worry is when you're if you're what, trying what, to run that actually while you're run, what from behind while you're running or from the front one from the front one from behind <laughs> and so the worry is you know you could get caught on something like that and actually you could end up with quite a bad injury there's, there's a guy from my club um Ed, who quite a few years ago was completely taken out by a dog in in uh, Hampstead Heath that he didn't see, just ran across him, took him out, and was injured for. I, I think he potentially might have an, the same injury even now, like years later. So I'm I'm a little bit paranoid about dogs. So this dog just wouldn't stop chasing me. So, and I was I was really intent of uh, on running, and I'd also just dropped some caffeine so i was pretty pumped so i didn't know what to do so i just started just started shouting fuck off at the dog and started running at him as fast as i could because i thought at least if i take the dog and i'm aggressive to him he has to run away and then i'm getting my run in and then he started running away and so i started him running away and then he started going for me again i was like oh god damn it and so I started going for him again, and it wasn't until then he ran away and another runner came by that he latched onto that runner, and I then ran off and did my run. <laughs> so, the trouble is as well, I had, I had my headphones well, in. So can I'm, you not Facebook Live it when something like this happens? <laughs> I'm not running around with my phone on me, it's ready to go. Um, I, might, I might do on a slower run. But, um, you told the so dog to fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was shouting at it very aggressively, like, fuck off, fuck off. So, sorry, sorry, listener. So, if you're uh, anyone under the age of 18, uh, feck off, feck off, feck off. Because um, I was just quite angry because I really wanted to do this session and I was struggling on the session as well. But And, and then the same week, an article came out um, about an Olympic trial qualifier um, was attacked by a dog and received 21 stitches. And a, like a massive wound on her side. Yeah. Uh, um, Caitlin, Caitlin Keene, I have no idea if you, if you know who she is. I, American runner, I think, so I, I'm none, none the wiser. But, I mean, she seems like she's actually quite a, quite a good character. She said, I now have a totally different level of pain tolerance, so maybe I'll surprise myself in the future. So we stick it in good light. But that's the question. What do you do in those circumstances where you're, you could be racing or you're running when you don't want to stop because it will impact your training and a dog is chasing you either aggressively or playfully like what what is the best thing to do as um as a runner what's the best thing to do for yourself then but also what's the best thing to do to ensure they don't do it to future um runners because depending on how you react could encourage it to think it's a game and do it with more runners in the future so i mean what do you do I don't know. It's really funny because that's exactly the situation. I went. I had a long run on Sunday, and 
you get into that situation where you're running and then a dog's beside you and and you're running alongside it and it seems to think that you're playing and you, and you seem to be getting further and further. You're like, well, when's someone going to call this dog away? Um, because I'm just going to keep running and is this dog going to just then be stuck next to me? And you'd end up running for ages with the dog next to you and then you sort of stop and you look around and you're like, well, is someone going someone gonna to call it back or whatever? Um, I've, never, I've never had a situation where a dog's been aggressive before though. Um, I just, I, the thing is, you should, there's, there's nothing you can do because mm. different, because different dogs react differently because it, it all depends on, you know, I think, I, I don't I think if you're aggressive with it, that's not good. Um, do you think? Because it, yeah, because it, it encourages the dog to be aggressive as well. <laughs> unless, unless you, you know, if you're the alpha dog, then it, it might just back down and cause I actually, <laughs> I'm swung, not sure it works like that. Because I swung my leg at this dog. I, I, I wasn't gonna wasn't gonna kick it, but I I kind of positioned myself as if I was, and then was coming forward. But where was the owner at this point? She was uh, talking to someone. I, mean, she, I imagine she, she was about ten meters away, kind of shouting stuff for the dog and all of this. And but I mean, the it wasn't the owner's fault. The the dog was in a park, off its off its um, chain, but. That's what dogs do in parks, and well, so it was the owner's fault. Well, no, I mean, it's not I, the dog's I think, fault. Well, no, I, I don't think there is anyone at fault. I think it's just uh, the circumstances of runners are in parks, dogs are off leashes in parks, and so it's an inevitable consequence of those two factors combining. Um, but yeah, what to do? Whether you know, maybe a little nudge. I think you can get. I think you can get. Oh, this sounds ridiculous, but you can get dog repellent. You can get dog spray. <laughs> You're not thinking of catnip? No, 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 no. Cat, no catnip attracts cats, doesn't it? But what? I mean, what does it do? Is it like mace or, or something similar? I don't, to that? I don't think it's like mace. I think it. I don't know. Let me have a look. What? What have we got on here? Let's have a look, and then I'm going to try and find some dog spray for you. For you to carry be There's something. There must be something. Right. A dog has never attacked me. It has. It has been annoying. Like, um, <laughs> I've looked up dog spray, and like one of the questions is, is it legal to pepper spray a dog? <laughs> <laughs> that that was uh, that was my question. Because um, <laughs> do badness. What have you experienced of this? I, I know, obviously, Ali, Ali Bailey, and Julius both have uh, more love for their dogs than possibly anything else on earth. Uh, and no, we wouldn't kick pit, pickle or, or be angry oh, at pickle. Why would you even but... suggest such a thing? Like, even the fact <laughs> that you've said that is going to infuriate Ali. Why would you even put that idea in your head? I would definitely, definitely not going to kick your dog. What? what? <laughs> but do matters. Have you had issues in the past? Have you, have you tripped? Have you been dog owners and had to take measures to try and help runners and is there a solution to this or is it just part of life that we're going to have a nightmare of dogs every now and then and we just got to sacrifice our run or um and jog on uh, i just i, yeah, I, I let think us know your thought it's one of those things that's just really difficult i just i don't think there's much you can do about it but is there a rule against kicking a dog if he's being aggressive of you? Well, the thing is, if if this is I mean, this happens all the time, like dogs bounding up to my children. And I was thinking, well, in the situation that they touch my children, I'd quite happily drag a dog off my children. Um, 
You know, the best because way to get it's the responsibility. It's responsibility to the owner in that situation. Um, mm. No, you know, but I, generally that's not how, you know, that's, that, that generally doesn't happen. I think, but, uh, you know, we, I live in an area where everyone has a dog. It's just, it's really, it's, really, it's annoying. But everyone has a dog. But they're, they're probably the nice kind of lovely dogs, I'd imagine, rather than the, the bred to attack dogs of parts of London. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not so sure, actually. I think there's a lot of a lot of those type of dogs, you know, ex like uh, like attack dog type things, you know, that, that you, you wouldn't normally have. But I don't know. I think I, oh. it's when you see people, it's when you see people. That, I, I was running on a tra- on a on a uh, path the other day where it said you're only allowed if you're uh, what's it walking dogs. You're only allowed six dogs on leads. You're not allowed to have more than more than six dogs on leads, which meant that well, that must have been an issue. People, oh, per person. Yeah, there must be an issue with <laughs> so, people. I'm like, if somebody goes out with seven dogs. <laughs> exactly. That is incredible. There's all but sorts. Even... Of, there's all. There's all sorts of. Um, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Right here we go. Look, I've had a look. I've had a look at this. There's all sorts of stuff. There's cat and dog repellent. There's yeah. get off cat and dog training repellent. Apparently, there's like some sonic, sonic repeller type thing. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's something to do with their. Yeah, it's something to do uh, to keep dogs off your furniture, clean your floors with an ammonia based solution. So we've got to run around with ammonia on it. <laughs> <laughs> or just, I, I guess we could paint the whole of the tarmac of our local park with ammonia. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be weird. There's got to be, there's got to be, a, I don't know, what is the, what is the, the thing is, any, um, any solution to calming the dog down or stopping doing something requires you to stop, won't it? Yeah, yeah, it will. Other than a cheeky little punt. <laughs> What's that mean? What's a cheeky little punt? It's um, a bit of a drop goal, you know, Johnny Wilkinson style. <laughs> I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Are you advocating kicking a dog? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. No, I don't. Just, I just, I don't. I don't I'm not sure you can get clarify. people on side with this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to clarify, d I have never and will never kick a dog um, unless there is money involved. Would you kick a giraffe? I mean, you'd do well to kick a giraffe, wouldn't you? That would be... That would be... That would be impressive feat. I'd, I'd Impressive. <laughs> You'd have to like that would have to be like a flying kick off a yeah that would that would be impressive. But do better. Let let us know if you have a solution to this this quandary, because at the moment we are clueless, um, sadly. I but, think, uh, I think the, the aim is. I think you're absolutely right. That that's the right thing to do is to run near another runner and get that dog attached to the other runner. That's yeah, always that's always a really right. effective thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, just pass it on. Someone else, it's someone else. That's good. The thing is, it's good if if someone like you and you're quick. Someone like me, it's like, got (laughs) it. Or just start a dog adopting service, and uh, and just run them all home, sell them off. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way. But just make sure you sell them to towns outside of where you live. Just slowly end up. Have you seen that um, that sketch, uh, the old Jim Carrey sketch from Saturday Night Live, where he's a dog trainer, but instead of using dog training techniques, you know, like whistles and things like that, he uses uh, sarcasm and manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. 
<laughs> to try and get him to like to stay off the sofas and things like that. You should use that. I'm sure that'll be highly effective, especially in London. I I I can attempt that just for my own. Just uh, sarcasm. Own... Don't swear at them. Just use sarcasm. Oh, you fucking dog! <laughs> oh, then you're a big man about town, do you? <laughs> Yeah, I'll give it a go. I mean, I'm not hey, sure how it goes down sure, with the owners. But. And make sure your Facebook... Like, no one expects it. No one expects you to use, you to use sarcasm as a repellent. You might end up being attacked by the owners. That's the only thing. <laughs> oh, you're attacking me as well. Oh, I'm so scared. Oh, you're breaking my jaw with your fists. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I mean, they could Is that be... how you do sarcasm? It gets really... It gets really camp. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know why he went camp. Actually, <laughs> you turned into Frank Spencer for some reason. I went, I went into, um, I went into a bitchy drag queen. I think that's what it was. <laughs> bitchy drag queen is another excellent uh, way to deter a dog. I've heard. It's, yeah. Although it's, it's a huge commitment to go out running in the in the small chance that you encounter a dog. It's, it's dog's natural nemesis. I think. <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think a drag queen is a dog's natural nemesis. It depends on the size of the dog, I suppose. Indeed, and the size of the queen. But um, but we've we've had talking about dogs. This links in quite nice, actually. So uh, Lisa Vaselli, did you see her post in the the Facebook group no. from Tokyo? Yes, I did see that one. Yes, <laughs> amazing translations. So we don't really understand it was. Uh, Lisa went to the Tokyo Marathon and was at the expo. And while she was there, there was a, a sign with uh, quite a lot of Japanese writing in. Then for some reason at the bottom, above some more, trans- some more Japanese writing, it says, Peace Wank Japan. <laughs> now, for our international listeners, do we need to explain what wank is? I don't think you need to explain it, really. No, I mean, people know what a wanker is. And the thing is, I thought, I mean, that, that, that is obviously very funny in itself. Um, the idea of a peace wank. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure what that would entail, but it made a lot of, it made, made a lot of sense because um, people have been talking recently about how Donald Trump going to the Middle East and how he should be up for the, um, the Nobel Peace Award. So I figured maybe he saw that sign and he figured, hey, come on, I'm the guy. I, did, I thought his um, Nobel Peace Prize was for career. It was, it was. But maybe he saw the sign while he was travelling around Asia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm making a very tenuous leap from one that to the other. It is very tenuous. <laughs> <laughs> but I got the connection from dog to dog, which is good. I've no idea why there's a dog in the middle of that. That makes it even stranger, if you ask me. But, but, um, but you expect it of Japan. I don't know <laughs> to that extent. <laughs> so any, any Japanese listeners? Are we big in Japan? I don't think we are. But oh, of course we're big in Japan. We've got loads of Japanese listeners. Hundreds, thousands of Japanese listeners. Millions of Japanese listeners. <laughs> so to our Japanese listeners... Um, what does peace wank mean in Japanese? Please inform us. We want to know and ex- exactly what does it involve as well. And why dogs? Why did you have to bring a dog along to a peace wank? <laughs> I think you're reading more into it. I just think it's a bad translation. 
<laughs> but, but what what were they translating with a dog on the picture for wank? I, I posted a picture underneath of um, tug. No, no, of a, a Japanese retail store, and they had uh, they were having a sale, and the sale they obviously thought that when someone says something is fucking good, that means it's really good. So they had all these posters saying it's a fucking sale all over the all over the <laughs> store. That is a mate. You sure this isn't made up? No, it's not made up. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. That is brilliant. The fucking sale. The fucking sale. It's, it's everywhere. It's brilliant. Imagine that faith day like if you you listen to discover it he walked in and like realized what happened either that or it, there is a marketing genius at work he's he's taking it next level because that is if you were talk about other translations i can't remember was it on this podcast i mean I, I, this is this is where um the, the senility is going to think so in this podcast we talked about someone seeing it wasn't me it was someone seeing on a run and seeing a, a, a child with a t-shirt that said i'm with this lesbian <laughs> what <laughs> was it meant in as in the arrow pointing as in i'm with stupid style i or? think it i think it was i think that was it, I, it but it seems like i'm with this lesbian that's just weird isn't it because what the original intent was and how the kid got it or but did you see there's there's been on comic relief someone spotted a um a african child wearing a math and disabler top oh really amazing yeah someone has clearly donated maybe it's one of us actually but someone has donated their math and disabler top and it was seen on a child in the background of comic relief um which is brilliant I think the more the more people along those lines. I love the idea of someone running the marathon sabler to raise money, going out there, wearing their top full of pride, and then just finding a, a village full of people already wearing the same top. <laughs> Very unimpressed. <laughs> well, it's funny because, yeah, there was a, a little bit of coverage in, uh, in Sierra Leone, and uh, there was one person there wearing a Sierra Leone marathon top, which was exactly my size. <laughs> <laughs> The woman from the well. I'm sure it was. Unbelievable. Now, um, I, I was running recently, and I, I, as as listeners who listened to the episode where I ran to the running show, found out I had an issue uh, on the way, and Runderwear came to my survival by offering me a pair of their um, their running shorts, their running underwear, to be able to wear instead <laughs> so, of my. There's no other way of explaining it. Runderwear. It's all. <laughs> it's all in the name. There's nothing. <laughs> What, what is it that Runderwear does again? Um, uh... But I was thinking, I was thinking of like if I could somehow make a little advert for them to repay their helping me. I think you've done enough damage already with this association. I think they've, they've, I, I, I just think thanking them and leaving it at that. You haven't come up with a well, rap I've, or something, have you? Or a no, poem I've or... come up with a new, a new tagline for them. Oh God. For, for men in my circumstances, for people in my circumstances. And what is the new timeline? Run, run to wear. No seam, no seepage. 
That's disgusting. <laughs> I was really proud of that when I was running around by myself, boards on my long run. That's like, the thing is, yeah. don't ever come up with Perfect. ideas on your own. <laughs> Remember that time where we recorded all of those uh, stings and you'd been on your own on a train somewhere and you'd come <laughs> up with all those stings and we listened to them in that cafe and we're like, David, you cannot say any of those things. And you're like, what's wrong with them? Like, you've just, you've been on your own for too long. You've been in a dark place. Your, your internal editor doesn't work. <laughs> that is true. That's true. At least we haven't got a, something that I can just put them out with no editing straight on the internet. <laughs> yeah, thank, but, God, um, thank God that kind of, that kind of thing doesn't exist. <laughs> but before we, before we get to our interview, I've got a few bits of few bits of news i guess i thought it'd be quite interesting ooh, 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 to, uh... oh well we turned it... oh, oh my god we're, we're actually gonna have a running club it's taken three months to set up a bank account but now we've got one is that the only thing that stopped us that, that has literally been the only thing that's been stopping us well no i say that's been the only thing that's been stopping us it's been up until this point and now, now the bureaucracy of England Athletics kicks in where they require you to pay by cheque. And I'm like, I didn't order a chequebook because who uses cheques still? Oh, God. So this is, the, this is actually the start of the process, this really. The, no, no, everything's, everything's going into them. So it's, it, okay. it, we, are, we are but weeks away from being rejected by England Athletics for, for a running club. Well, I mean, the uh, the bureaucracy, I'm sure, will be quite hard to get through. I actually wrote this down to um, to the government legal department today. Uh, so you can use this phrase if you get frustrated with them. And I thought it was quite witty. I said, um, if you if you need me to laminate a fax of my fingerprint as the follow up to this, then please let me know. That is the level of frustration I was getting with how untechnical they were <laughs> with, um, with their requirements. My God. So, um, yeah, I think it could be another year or so before we get this off the ground. <laughs> Again, proving that they just haven't got a clue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, fingers crossed, people. Run Club coming soon. Now, a few other little things that I've spotted out on the... Uh, a lot of you know these already, but Strava have actually come up. So I, I, we all love Strava, but... I don't. I think, do you not? Oh, it's because you don't run. Well, don't you you, ran, I, don't, well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't use it. If you ran, it. you'd love it. I don't yeah, use I mean, it. Why would you? I don't really understand what the point of it is. No one's really explained to me what the point of Strava is. So you can... You can just, it just seems to aggregate arseholes. You can analyse your running. That's the main thing. And you can find new run routes and you can f- set yourself little challenges. It's so, it's so great. Now, most of us use Strava. And, um, but what, what's always puzzled me a little bit is you know, who pays for Strava? Because I think for cyclists, it's got loads of benefits. But for running, actually, you can do nearly everything you want to other than some kind of fringe benefits that don't really impact that much in your training um, or your interaction with others. But they've, they've come up with something which is probably the first thing I'm like, oh, wow, now this is actually quite, quite cool. So um, one of my biggest challenges when I go somewhere new or even just when I'm bored is to actually find a nice route um where you're not just running on the main roads or you're not following the uh, just going into cul-de-sacs or things like that and so they they've created now a proper strava route builder which 
aggregates the runs of people in your area. So instead of it just sending you like Google Maps where you run from A to B on the most direct route, it actually looks at what other people are doing and uses their wisdom. So it will hopefully find an alleyway or take you down a road that everyone seems to be running down because it seems to be nicer or connects. Yeah, which, 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 I mean, that's, I guess, what Strava should be doing because they've got all this data. And so suddenly they can build actual routes that you want to run. Yeah. Rather than, rather than just going for it, like, I'm going to run a 10K, you have to look out to see who's run what. And then I see this person done this, but you find out it's just because they've run to work. They'll actually create something used on mass participation, um, which to me is, well, that's, that's the, the only thing that it doesn't do that I'd really love, especially when you go abroad or when you need to suddenly run a set distance without knowing the area that well. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really useful. Yeah, that is good. That's really good because uh, there's been various like map apps and stuff like that. But again, it, you think something, you know, but they always, get, you know, whatever recognizes as a footpath or, or something else mm. are the only things that are included in it. So, yeah actually using that data to highlight things that popular routes and uh and do it that way that's brilliant and even google maps you know the it doesn't necessarily take you on the it does, still doesn't know a lot of footpaths oh yeah through yeah absolutely yeah i had the exact same problem on the weekend so that was the first one that's quite interesting something else following on from our interview with jerry um last week two weeks ago where we talked about athletics and Part of you know, the challenge of getting in people into athletics, but for me as well, athletics is about the trying to get it on TV and get people excited about watching it. So now the Diamond League, which is the the premier league globally, where the very best athletes in the world will compete to try and win a share of a million pounds or a million dollars, they've now they've already cut the ten thousand meters from their events because they thought it was too boring. They're now cutting the 5,000 meters as well, which means that the biggest tournament competition in international athletics now will only have 3,000 meters as its longest distance, which to me, I don't know. I think it feels like a bit of a kick in the teeth as a runner because especially now that park run is, is truly dominating the world, you know, and 5k is, is the, the distance in marathon has always been the runner's distance, unless you're you know, from South Africa and its comrades, but marathon has always almost has been the distance. If you're going to run, that is the race where you set your time against everyone else based on that race. Cause that's people's frames of reference. I think that's changing. I think that's going to change. And from now on until something unforeseeable changes it, it's going to be the 5k cause of park run. And so to now have, we, we, I think we've got this generation coming through that are going to truly enjoy 5k running so much that they'll enjoy hopefully watching it because they can really understand what the speeds and the laps and everything about it. So it's such a shame. They seem to have to be finding that too long for the diamond league now. So they've put it down to 3k, which to me, I just I just find it disappointing, and actually, not only does it say that they're a bit short-sighted in that, but it almost implies that they think that the field competitions are so boring 
because these happen, you know, the triple jump, the long jump, the javelin, they're all happening at the same time as a track. But they're essentially saying that the field competitions are so boring that there's none that we can time at the same as the 3000 meters. Um, the the 5,000 meters that we think are interesting enough that people would happily watch one without something going on the track. So yeah, bit bit strange. And how, so how do you know that it's because it's boring? Is that is that what's been said? Well, they've said. Um, let's have a quick check. The the IA, IAAF, um, well, Seb Coe, the president, he's come out. He's not said anything explicit about the reasons why to do with viewing figures or to do with the timings. Or he's just tried to be positive about the change, which, you know, he's a salesman, isn't he? He's, he's having to be. So he's just said that um, we want to make it stronger and even more relevant to the world, I mean, what what the hell does that mean? <laughs> but but it, it it was the longest discipline, and um, and it ten thousand. The reason ten thousand was cut was because it was too long. So to now cut this, you know, will it be long before they cut the three thousand? Because they think it's not great for spectators or made for TV or and. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre, and, and well, it's not bizarre. It does make sense in many ways, but I think as a runner, it's just disappointing because are we going to end up with um, this becoming more mainstay on in in general athletics competitions on TV and a, a track and things like that? Um, yes, yeah, so I just think a bit of a sad sad change. Yeah, it's, um, but. I don't really know what to say about that. Do you, do you think that because ownership of almost different disciplines has is, is fallen to things like Parkrun and stuff like that, then they feel that there's just not the not the gap? I don't, I don't really understand it. Yeah, I don't think they Parkrun will be anything to do with this decision. I think it will just be that they felt, well no one cares that much about the 5,000 meters. And actually will the fight, if we change it to 3000 meters, will all the 5,000 meter runners just do the 3000 meters anyway, probably will. Cause what else are they going to do? And, but, but the trouble is there's no 3000 meters of the Olympics. And so you're going to have this league where people are training for a distance that doesn't exist. Yeah. Which is quite bizarre. Is so will, will they then try and change the Olympics? And and that's when, if they don't have a 5,000 metres of the Olympics, that's really odd given that no one races the 3,000 metres. I, I, um, I think women do in the UK at track because they've still got that sexist difference of distance between men and women. But I don't think men typically – actually, I, I think the men alternate 3,000 or 5,000 metres in our competition depending on the, on the month or the week. But um, – yeah, so I, I just thought those are quite interesting. Um, and last one, just before Game of Thrones launches, mm. Adidas have come up with a Game of Thrones trainer. What? Isn't that just the weirdest thing? Oh, it's just... Like the... and, and they're genuine running trainers as well. It's the Ultra Boosts. And the only oh, difference but, is they've what, got. What sort of crossover like, is that? <laughs> no, that's what, that's sort of, what I don't quite understand. Oh, I know this is a clear. Yeah, people that watch Game of Thrones are clearly, clearly running demographic. 
What a waste! Well, just a so, waste of effort. So it's yeah, I know. I'm just I just quickly. They've got six different sneakers. What themed on? Yeah, six different. Are these, are these running shoes or just ca- just like sports fashion? Is that? That's the thing. They're the they're the ultra boost. So these are ultra marathon running shoes. <laughs> and as you say, they could have done a fashion brand of this, a fashion version of this. But these are the. And I'm I'm, I'm just thinking, is this a valent? No, this isn't well, a. The uh, thing is, the thing is about the ultra boost is that, from my understanding, that manufacturing process is hugely, hugely difficult in order to, to create those things. So you really only want to be creative in the circumstances that they're going to be used by people who actually want them rather than <laughs> for, for the sort of shoes you just knock about in that they don't need to be used in. So that is infuriating to think that... Yeah, but but they're, I, I think these will probably be bought and never worn. I think this is... I know, they're, they're just trying to created, coin in. Haven't they? That's the... Yeah. So I hope um, no one buys you, them. I hope no, I hope no one buys them, and there is zero demand for them, and they stop doing stupid shit like that. So they they have on the back. I think it's, I don't know if we should be talking about this because it's almost promoting them, but side it. So they they have on the back a little. So then the colours of the six different houses. There's more. There's not oh six houses, God. but they, do they have a but they, do they have Harry Potter uh, selection of shoes as well. It wouldn't surprise me, but they. I mean. When I say the six houses, they're including the White Walkers as a house. So, you know, clearly not that closely tied to it. But they all have a phrase on the back, on a tag coming off the back. So one of them is Winter's Coming. One of them is Hear Me Roar, Fire and Blood. It's just the weirdest crossover of trainers and, and of brands and of everything to do with it. So do better. Do we know anyone who's bought these? Is any, is, does anyone care? Does anyone want these? Is this, does this positively reinforce? Who ever go? I mean, even when... I can't, I'm trying to think of something similar. I mean, you, there's sometimes, so the price, sometimes there are like the price smart tag, crossovers. Oh, Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if if it's like something Swar- that doesn't Swarovski and Nike do a thing, or Swarovski and you know they do those ultra luxury things, they which you know hardly anyone ever buys and stuff, but that that makes kind of sense. But, but say it was a, a Game of Thrones fur coats, you'd understand that because <laughs> the whole thing's about being cold and they're always wearing these furs and yeah, you can I, imagine that. Or is it? I've always thought I've always. Uh, do you know what the best part of Game of Thrones has been? All the, have been all the running scenes uh, when they're training on the track <laughs> uh, and all the all the ultra stuff. And, and I really yeah, those those have been my favourite parts. Wait a minute, wait a minute, they didn't do any running in it at all. <laughs> I know there is one bit when he, when um, I can't remember the, the guy is always rowing in the means. He uh, when he runs away from the from the White Walkers and runs back to try and get Daenerys. That's a running bit, but that's about it. But yeah, I mean that this thing these are, these are priced two hundred and fifteen to three hundred and thirty dollars. So they've clearly upped the price to try and get money out of people for this. But you know th- this is the thing. But you know, as a runner. Does this make me trust Adidas that they're trying to create the best running shoe for performance? And it really doesn't, because they could have done it on a casual shoe. They could have done it on a standard yeah, Adidas shoe. But the shoe. fact That's they've chosen it, you're right. 
Yeah, but the fact they've done it in an ultra boost, the weirdest of all the shoes they make almost to, to, to create that for. Well, um, the thing is, I, I, if it was like a Lord of the Rings one, I could slightly understand that because there are <laughs> huge sections of Lord of the Rings where they're running over New Zealand landscape. You know, and, and it's the kind of thing that you think, oh, you know, it's the kind of thing that you see all that sweeping landscape and it makes you want to go out for like a run. You're like, at least you can kind of, you know, I'm really contorting my thinking here in order to try and make that work. <laughs> it still would be weird, but what an Good. odd thing to do. It's <laughs> But do better. What, what do you think? Is, is this something that you're excited by? Do you actually want to see them? Would you mention it to your friends who like Game of Thrones? Do you think it's an SEO ploy by them? And, and do you think also, will Adidas, if we make enough noise, make a trainer for something else in public culture? Because I think, I mean, we do love Arnie on this podcast. Why not a running man ultra boost shoe? A Ben Richards themed oh my ultra boost shoe. See the thing that would be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if you had like a Hunger Games one, a Hunger Games yeah. like, this, yeah. I could we could probably between us come up with fifty better ideas than that. I mean, what what were they thinking? Yeah, I, I guess it's the most popular thing in popular culture. Yeah, currently. but it's just one of those stupid mashups, isn't it? That's just like, I know, this is popular and this is popular. Let's combine the two why, things. Why don't they do it for Breaking Bad? That would have been an amazing <laughs> shoe. She the Heisenberg shoe. The potency of Breaking Bad. <laughs> I'd have bought that. That would have been the sub. That would have been the sub one shoe, let alone sub two. Oh, it's so stupid. I just, I mean... Again, it's another it's another pitch meeting, isn't it? We need yeah. to just do we need to we need to we need to get a a fly on the wall in these pitch meetings in order to understand what they what they come up with because they just ridiculous. Yeah, completely. But, and um, so welcome our but, new sponsor Adidas for the next. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we're only meeting Nike in the next month to talk about their shoe designs and not not Adidas, but we can maybe set this up as a slam dunk for Nike to then diss them potentially. But um, but do better. We we do have a guest now, but we've no idea who it is because our guest for the evening hasn't shown up. So we're doing an intro with the intention of them being able to plug someone in at the end of this. So it might be relevant. But the chances are it will have nothing to do with anything we've said so far today. Hey, do badders. Time for a terrible segue. It's David by himself. And we've managed to find a guest who's going to come on last minute. Carol Armitage being an absolute superstar. We've wanted to interview her for a while. We mentioned a few episodes ago that we wanted to talk to her about her chocolate company to see how that could help with running. So it's just me interviewing. It's quite a short episode. But hope you enjoy So do bad as we uh, we've mentioned Carol in the past actually um, when we went to the national running show we, we met her there. It's not often we I guess promote or uh, we'll have someone who's, who's just coming on with a specific brand to talk on the show. But the reason why we thought we would do this week is because um, Carol actually has a company that has chocolate for runners. <laughs> It obviously is massively good news for all of us if we can train on chocolate, recover on chocolate, race on chocolate. So we wanted to get her on and really find out more about 
how she's developed the product, um, what the science is behind it, and uh, and how we can potentially use it just so life becomes happier for all of us. So, um, welcome on the podcast, Carol Armitage. Hey, <laughs> how you Hello. doing? Hello. Yeah, really good. Bits, yeah busy with work let's call it that <laughs> well hopefully busy is a good thing but um yes yeah i mean tell us where is where has this come from this the the connection between chocolate and running um okay i'm trying to i'll try and condense it um initially the chocolate came about when i was really young because i suffer from low blood sugar levels so i've always um sort of back in the 70s and 80s i was always told to go for lucasaid which is a horrifically sugared drink. Um, but then I substituted that for hot chocolate. And so from a very early age, I've always been hot chocolate obsessed. And I have spent pretty much my life traveling around the world trying to find a good hot chocolate because there's, there's so many that are so overprocessed, full of sugar, and it doesn't really help somebody that does have low blood sugar level because it, it helps and then spikes and then you're back to where you were before. So I was always trying to find a drink that had hot that was chocolate but didn't give you that sugar spike it sort of kept you going but also just gave you the energy and just tasted delicious but without all the the nonsense of all the processes and um things like that and because i've always done sport um initially it was badminton when i was younger and then it sort of moved on to just doing running um i I, I basically realized that there wasn't a good enough drink out there that could help me. So the only way that I could do it was to create my own recipe. So um, after several bouts of trying, using different companies, or say Valrona or Calabout and places like that, who are the, the massive wholesalers that do most of the chocolate, um, I found a sort of a niche market within Barry Calabout who provide science and the science um and recipes etc so you go to them and it's very much in a laboratory situation and you test out all the different cacao beans that there are it's the different cocoa mass versus the different cocoa butter the different flavorings and you sort of create your own bespoke blend of chocolate and i was very specific with the idea of what i wanted mm. it had to be over 80 percent I didn't want it to be high in sugar. I wanted it to be lower than sugar as much as possible. And I didn't want it to have that usual bitter nut taste that you get with an 80% because I know it puts a lot of people off when they say, oh, you know, 80% is too bitter for me. I don't like it on my palate. So I was really keen not to try and uh, create a bar that sort of did that. And I wanted to sort of bridge the gap between a milk chocolate lover and a dark chocolate because obviously dark chocolate has the most benefits for us so that's kind of where it's all sort of come about and the running side I think because I've trained and I've been training and I'm going from just running generally from a mental health perspective to you know pushing the boundaries a little bit more and now training for my first ultra Mm. fueling such an important factor and trying to find things that really work with your body pre and post and work with your muscles to try and help muscle recovery etc um I, I and because i'm a you know a chocolate addict i figured why not combine the two and see if i could actually merge and create a drink and bars that would facilitate and sort of help mentally as well as physically because i mean 
a lot of the the natural elements of a chocolate bar and you mentioned actually that the sugar is something you were trying to partly cut down on you just assume that that's good for running anyway because you know, sugar's um, obviously the main fuel for most people running but it, are your products focused more on people who've, who've moved to um, fat metabolism when they run or is it is it intended for everyone it's intended for everybody I, I'm, I'm not isolating anybody because I think you know, some of the bars, as I said, from a, a, a mental health perspective, as well as a, a physical fitness side of things, I use hot chocolate as a way to sort of calm down because it can help reduce your stress levels. You know, it, it lowers blood pressure. Um, it can, it, because it's got the, um, oh, what do you call it? Tryptophan in it. It basically releases serotonin and it has all the endorphins. So it gives you that happy buzz and things. So it's not just purely around the sugar side of things it does help um but i think a lot of the toppings that i have especially with the bar give you that sugar as well but it's more from a natural perspective rather than putting in actual sugar so palm sugar or something which isn't necessarily the best type of sugar for your body whereas putting in nuts and putting in dried apple or bananas that has your better um carbohydrates etc which then you burn more efficiently when you're doing the exercise so when when we come to racing, then I mean, what? How would you recommend that we'll, we'll use your product? But if we're yours or a similar product, um, how would we race? Use that on race day and kind of how much and how often? So, what what kind of race are we talking? A long distance or a short distance? Well, I mean, take us through. I, I assume you know, five k. You don't really need to fu- refuel properly. No. <laughs> kind of a half marathon and up but then you know um, anything from that distance what, what would you recommend i would say um that when i do sort of longer distances and i consider anything from like 10 miles onwards longer distances i tend to have a hot chocolate shot but i make it with water to begin with um, and i have that about 30 40 minutes before the run and the shot is literally it's a bit like an espresso size cup um, about 60 to 80 ml of water, hot water with the chocolate. And that stimulates um, your body. But it, it doesn't, it's a bit like a caffeine shop without the extra, you know, the caffeine. It gives you the theobromine, which is the boost, and the, it starts activating your body um, and gives you that buzz to get going. And then if it's endurance, I would suggest having sort of the booster bar, which has got extra cacao nibs and smoked sea salt, which replenishes some of the lost salt that you get when you're sweating out. Mm. Um, and then after, I would then go for a longer drink with the hot chocolate, um, roughly about 20 to 25 grams of chocolate, and then put either full-fat milk or a, a hot milk of choice because it is a vegan-friendly chocolate as well. So it's you know it can be used for everybody. And I would then use that as your energy drink, as like a post-recovery drink, because then obviously you get your proteins, you get your calcium, you get your magnesium that helps start your muscle recovery, et cetera. And then also with the post-training um, bars, there's one called Funky Monkey, which has got your banana, your Brazil nuts, your la- uh, flaxseed and hazelnuts, which again, all natural products, but really help with muscle recovery and start to sort of replenish lost nutrients and minerals, et cetera. And, and do you think it's important to have it in the form of a drink or, or are these things you can just nosh on as well? You can nosh on. I, I, I think for me, I am such a hot chocolate addict that I would go more for a drink than I would 
the bar, but I think it's completely personal preference. I think because the bar itself is a bar of chocolate that you just melt down, it's, it can just be taken with you and you can just eat it. You know, it's, I'm not saying that you have it one way or the other. It's whatever a personal preference, to be honest. And so during these longer races then, um, would you recommend supplementing the chocolate bars with you know gels or shop blocks or whatever it is that you normally use or are you looking as this as a complete replacement um i would say i would say be i think with like with every any race that you do i i wouldn't be able to do a 20 miler purely on chocolate because i would i want to have another taste in my mouth um so i'm i'm not saying replace it i'm not saying replace all your drinks or, f- or fueling with chocolate, I'm saying just add it to the mix. You know, it's part and parcel of how you train and it can be used as part of your fueling. I'm not saying replace everything you have because obviously there's certain things that work for people and that's great. Um, but I'm saying that this can be added as part of your training fuel in a very valid and beneficial way. And, and so do you see, um, do you think, there's going to be ultras soon that will have kind of chocolate stands and chocolate st- tables that you run into and you get your chocolate fix at a certain mile. I certainly hope so. And that's kind of my plan because I'm hoping that I can, you know, change people's perception because there is a very big perception that people assume that chocolate is bad for you. And, and it sort of covers all categories that it's an indulgence. It's a treat. You know, it's, it's excess and what i'm trying to change people's perception is that chocolate providing it's the right quantity it's the right quality can be had on a day-to-day basis without it being a detriment it's a very positive it has you know it's packed full of anti antioxidants it's got soluble fiber it boosts your mood you know it can help reduce your blood pressure lower cholesterol etc so it does have so many benefits but you have to have the right quantity with quality and so I, I would like, and it's a hard one to change people's perceptions because obviously they're so trained into thinking chocolate equals bad. And so that is kind of my mission is to change that sort of wavelength on people. So I would love to see, you know, going through eight mile camps and having a, a table full of hot chocolate shots and, you know, that kind of thing. I think it'd be brilliant. <laughs> I think some, something like UTMB is, is made for that type of yes because you're running through the night you're freezing um and and so hot chocolate is the the i associate it with winter nights or skiing really so those events that naturally blend the two together would be amazing yeah well i think it is i think in a weird way i i I mean i don't see hot chocolate as a winter drink just because I, i have it pretty much all year round but I know a lot of people do because it's it's warming, it's cozy, it's comforting, you know, and it is. It's it's something that you have on a cold night when it's snowing outside and you've got the log fire on. That's the image that most people seem to have in their head. So, yeah, the UTMR, UTMB would be absolutely brilliant because it's it sort of sets the scene almost, really. But it would be good to be able to bring the scene a bit more around and more seasonal. Yeah, and I, th- I think actually, I think you're right in some ways that the people do associate chocolate with uh, as a negative food source. Um, although certainly there's a lot of awareness about dark chocolate, but um, I think what the surprising thing is that the 
you just wouldn't assume that the the benefits are good for running without kind of researching what the qualities of dark chocolate are um and especially as most people see fuel in running as being as simple as sugar fat protein and possibly salt for the longer runs so um outside of that that's where you're really getting into more bespoke and, and detailed um nutrition plans and things um and so for people that um for the listener what would you recommend they do to try and incorporate chocolate into their their race routine i would i would start out small because obviously it's if you're used to gels or if you're used to i don't know energy shots and things it is a complete contrast because it is chocolate at the end of the day it's not some sort of really sweet orange flavored or gel that you might normally consume so i i would I would tend to go with try just a bar and then one shot because what I also have instead of just a hot chocolate, I make it cold. So it's a it's like um, a milkshake almost. And that works really well for a lot of people, because obviously, you know, especially in summer, you don't always want a hot drink at the end of the end of a race. You want something cooling and that can really help. Um, But I would sort of just suggest if you're doing a long run, Try having a bar beforehand, so like a booster bar or just one of the bars, and see how you feel because it is really light on your stomach as well. So it doesn't, and the whole point is they're designed to help with um, calming your stomach down. So the apple pie with the apples and the cinnamons, it sort of reduces any sort of nausea that you might get when you're doing runs um, and sort of helps calm your stomach down and things. So it's just taking it. It's like any sort of training fueling system. You have to do it bit by bit. You can't suddenly just go from what you normally do to flipping it on its head and going right chocolate all the way. You have to sort of bring it in slowly. But I would certainly recommend having a post-chocolate drink, whether it's hot or cold. I would certainly recommend that because I do think it helps infinitely. And are there any, I'm just thinking uh, the math and the sable is two weeks away um, or three weeks away. Is there any clever way of storing a little slab of chocolate on your body um, in the heat? Or is it a case that's it's more for the slightly uh, colder days? Well, funnily enough, I've actually, I'm sponsoring somebody doing the marathon de sable. So um, he's taking his hot chocolate bars with him. He and I've also created because I think there was a big concern that it, it, the bells would either melt or they'd break. So you'd have just crumbs when you're running along. And I've made a sustainable tin, which it, you fit all the bars in and it just fits nicely into like a run bag or your backpack or any or running vest or anything. And it literally keeps it not melting and keeps it unbroken. So by the time you open it, it's perfect. You don't have to worry about it. Oh, fantastic. And um, have you got any plans for new flavours or things like that in the future? Um, Potentially. I'm sort of erring on the side of one with honey in and sort of oranges and things, because I know, obviously, I was looking at a lot of people discussing fueling and things, and and honey seems to be a very big um, buzz point for people, um, because obviously it's got quite a lot of the sugars and it's got the necessary sugars that you need for training, etc., and it gives you the right amount of energy. So I'm sort of maybe working on that, but one thing at a time, promote these ones first and then we'll go on to the next. 
Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I we'll, we'll have a chat and, and talk about whether we can get a discount for Do Bad or something like that. We'll, we'll chat. Definitely. Do you ship worldwide or is it UK focused at the moment? It's UK and Europe. UK and Europe. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for your advice on this. We'll, I think we'll probably see you at the running show, if not before, where uh, yeah. that's where we tried it. So do, <laughs> do give it a go. Um, it's a great start to back startups, but also it really is delicious. And, uh, well, I'll see you out on the trail sometime. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks, Carol. All the best. Thank you. So there we go, do batters. Just David summarising, I think, if this is ever used, it might be that Jodie and I had the time to listen to this section and then record an outro, at which point you'll never even been hearing this. But um, thanks, Carol. Really, really interesting, um, especially as looking at the nutrition that she talked about those are the kind of elements that i don't think a lot of us factor into our running our training our recovery um you know as i said when i think about things it's pretty much as simple as carbs protein if it's a really long race or if i'm looking at recovery stuff like that and then electrolytes everything else seems to be forgotten with so all those fancy words um that she was mentioning and to do with mental health all those things really really interesting so would love to know what your thoughts are on running with chocolate are you going to incorporate it do you think it should be something that more people look to actually take on board Carol has said, actually, she's going to be at the London Marathon Expo. So if you haven't had a chance to try any, you can see her there and um, try a little bit for yourself. But that was the podcast. We normally have a summary where Jodie and I discuss the woes of the world. Cutting it short this time. But if you have enjoyed this episode, I'd recommend... Hmm, well, actually, we haven't had any episodes similar to this one because we haven't had any talking about products like chocolate but Renny McGregor really good episode she talks about nutrition she's the GB 100 mile coach so she goes into a lot of the elements of that we also spoke to Max Fitzgerald in one of the episodes he is a world renowned nutritionist as well dietitian I can't remember which is the the term that they favour so thanks for listening we'll be back next week with two of us again if you've enjoyed this episode please do subscribe leave us a lovely five star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to this episode from and if you want to get in touch there's the Facebook group you can message Jodie and I directly on Facebook as well you can email letters at badboyrunning.com and if there's someone you'd like us to get on the show a topic or a race you'd like us to enter then get in the Facebook group and tag us and we'll go out and find them so thanks for listening we'll see you next time bye 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 Bye, 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 bye,